0: long history Henry Hudson journey 3 part 7 up the Hudson River from the narrows to views of the Catskills how did the Hudson New York's famous river and Canada's vast Hudson Bay get their names listen to the full details here of Henry Hudson's four famous journeys hello and welcome to long history if you've listened to lots of brief histories and are interested in more details here's the place to be We take historic source documents and split them up into digestible chunks of about 10 minutes or so. In this way, you can get to see world famous events through the eyes of the people who were there. And the document we're covering at the moment is Henry Hudson's diverse voyages and northern discoveries. We're well into Journey 3 and in the previous two journeys Henry Hudson attempted to find a route to the Far East, via the North Pole and via a northeast passage around Russia on this journey he's exploring the North American coast. Henry Hudson and his crew have already been as far down south as South Carolina. They turned round and came back. And as we left them at the last episode, they were exploring the area around Staten Island of today's New York Bay. In this episode, as the title implies, they head up the Hudson River. And just a note to say, and of course the text is only describing places from four centuries ago, so that today's names haven't been given yet. So at the end of the episode, we'll point out the places Henry Hudson's visited and suggest where those places might be on today's maps, according to historians. And just a reminder before we get started that this is the 15th episode of a 25 part series. Every episode should stand on its own. 14 episodes will already have been released in this series if you want to explore those and listen to the full context. And if you like listening to these source documents, we've attempted to rescue various of these documents from the vaults, including some of the world's most significant explorations by people like Magellan, Columbus and Francis Drake, amongst others. So once you've finished this episode, feel free to become an explorer yourself and explore all the explorers on Long History. Now, just as the last episode ended, there was an episode of sudden violence. Five of the crew had gone out in their own boat, but according to this document, they were attacked by the local people in two canoes. The event came out of the blue, with the locals until that point having been very friendly. And as this episode begins, the men return with the body of the man who was killed during this event. So let's get going with Henry Hudson, journey three, part seven, up the Hudson River, from the Narrows to views of the Catskills. The seventh was fair, and by 10 of the clock they returned aboard the ship and brought our dead man with them, whom we carried on land and buried, and named the point after his name, Coleman's Point. Then we hoisted in our boat, and raised her side with wasteboards for defence of our men. So we rowed still all night, having good regard to our watch. The eight was very fair weather, we rowed still very quietly. The people came aboard us, and brought tobacco and Indian wheat to exchange for knives and beads, and offered us no violence. So we, fitting up our boat, did mark them, to see if they would make any show of the death of our man, which they did not. The ninth, fair weather. In the morning, two great canoes came aboard full of men, the one with their bows and arrows, and the other in show of buying of knives to betray us but we perceived their intent. We took two of them to have kept them, and put red coats on them, and would not suffer the other to come near us. So they went on land, and two other came aboard in a canoe. We took the one and let the other go, but he which we had taken got up and leapt overboard. Then we weighed, and went off into the channel of the river, and anchored there all night. The tenth fair weather, we rode still till twelve of the clock. Then we weighed and went over, and found it shoaled all the middle of the river, for we could not find but two fathoms and a half, and three fathoms for the space of a league. Then we came to three fathoms and four fathoms, and so to seven fathoms, and anchored, and rode all night in soft oozy ground. The bank is sand, The eleventh was fair and very hot weather. At one of the clock in the afternoon we weighed and went into the river. The wind at south-southwest, little wind. Our soundings were seven, six, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, thirteen, and fourteen fathoms. Then it shouldered again and came to five fathoms. Then we anchored and saw that it was a very good harbour for all winds, and rode all night. The people of the country came aboard of us, making show of love, and gave us tobacco and Indian wheat, and departed for that night, but we durst not trust them. The twelfth, very fair and hot. In the afternoon, at two of the clock, we weighed, the wind being variable between the north and the northwest. So we turned into the river two leagues and anchored. This morning, at our first road in the river, there came eight and twenty canoes full of men, women and children to betray us. But we saw their intent and suffered none of them to come aboard of us. At twelve of the clock they departed. They brought with them oysters and beans, whereof we bought some, They have great tobacco pipes of yellow copper and pots of earth to dress their meat in. It floweth south-east by south within. The thirteenth, fair weather, the wind northerly. At seven of the clock in the morning, as the flood came, we weighed and turned four miles into the river. The tide being done, we anchored. Then there came four canoes aboard, but we suffered none of them to come into our ship. They brought great store of very good oysters aboard, which we bought for trifles. In the night I set the variation of the compass and found it to be 13 degrees. In the afternoon we weighed and turned in with the flood two leagues and a half further and anchored all night and had five fathoms soft oozy ground and had an high point of land which showed out to us bearing north by east five leagues off us. The fourteenth in the morning, being very fair weather, the wind south-east, we sailed up the river twelve leagues, and had five fathoms, and five fathoms and a quarter less, and came to a strait between two points, and had eight, nine, and ten fathoms. And it trended north-east by north one league. And we had twelve, thirteen, and fourteen fathoms. The river is a mile broad. There is a very high land on both sides. Then we went up northwest, a league and a half deep water. Then northeast by north five miles. Then northwest by north two leagues and anchored. The land grew very high and mountainous. The river is full of fish. The fifteenth in the morning was misty until the sun arose, then it cleared. So we weighed with the wind at south and ran up into the river twenty leagues, passing by high mountains. We had a very good depth as six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve and thirteen fathoms and great store of salmons in the river. This morning our two savages got out of a port and swam away. After we were under sail they called to us in scorn. At night we came to other mountains which lie from the river's side. There we found very loving people and very old men. Where we were well used, our boat went to fish and caught great store of very good fish. The 16th, fair and very hot weather. In the morning our boat went again to fishing, but could catch but few. By reason, their canoes had been there all night. This morning the people came aboard and brought us ears of Indian corn and pompions and tobacco, which we bought for trifles. We rode still all day and filled fresh water. At night we weighed and went two leagues higher and had shoaled water, so we anchored till day. The 17th fair, sunshining weather and very hot. In the morning, as soon as the sun was up, we set sail and ran up six leagues higher and found shoals in the middle of the channel and small islands but seven fathoms water on both sides. Toward night we borrowed so near the shore that we grounded. So we laid out our small anchor and heaved off again. Then we borrowed on the bank in the channel and came aground again. While the flood ran, we heaved off again, and anchored all night. The eighteenth in the morning was fair weather, and we rode still. In the afternoon our master's mate went on land with an old savage, a governor of the country, who carried him to his house, and made him good cheer. The nineteenth was fair and hot weather. At the flood, Being near eleven of the clock we weighed and ran higher up two leagues above the shoals and had no less water than five fathoms. We anchored and rowed in eight fathoms. The people of the country came flocking aboard and brought us grapes and pompions which we bought for trifles and many brought us beaver skins and otter skins which we bought for beads, knives and hatchets. So we rode there all night. The twentieth in the morning was fair weather. Our master's mate with four men more went up with our boat to sound the river and found two leagues above us but two fathoms water and the channel very narrow and above that place seven or eight fathoms. Toward night they returned and we rode still all night. The one and twentieth was fair weather and the wind all southerly. We determined yet once more to go farther up into the river, to try what depth and breadth it did bear. But much people resorted aboard, so we went not this day. Our carpenter went on land, and made a foreyard. And our master and his mate determined to try some of the chief men of the country, whether they had any treachery in them. So they took them down into the cabin and gave them so much wine and aquavitae that they were all merry. And one of them had his wife with them, which ate so modestly, as any of our countrywomen would do in a strange place. In the end one of them was drunk which had been aboard of our ship all the time that we had been there. And that was strange to them, for they could not tell how to take it. The canoes and folk went all on shore, but some of them came again, and brought strokes of beads. Some had six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and gave him. So he slept all night quietly. The two-and-twentieth was fair weather. In the morning our master's mate and four more of the company went up with our boat to sound the river higher up. The people of the country came not aboard till noon but when they came and saw the savages well, they were glad. So at three of the clock in the afternoon they came aboard and brought tobacco and more beads and gave them to our master and made an oration and showed him all the country round about. Then they sent one of their company on land who presently returned and brought a great platter full of venison dressed by themselves. And they caused him to eat with them. Then they made him reverence and departed, all save the old man that lay aboard. This night, at ten of the clock, our boat returned in a shower of rain from sounding of the river, and found it to be at an end for shipping to go in, for they had been up eight or nine leagues, and found but seven foot water and unconstant soundings. The three-and-twentieth, fair weather. At twelve of the clock we weighed, and went down two leagues to a shoal that had two channels one on the one side and another on the other and had little wind whereby the tide laid us upon it so there we sate on ground the space of an hour till the flood came then we had a little gale of wind at the west so we got our ship into deep water and rowed all night very well the four and twentieth was fair weather The wind at the northwest we weighed and went down the river seven or eight leagues. And at half ebb we came on ground on a bank of ooze in the middle of the river and sate there till the flood. Then we went on land and gathered there good store of chestnuts. At ten of the clock we came off into deep water and anchored. Now just to round off this episode we wanted to highlight two aspects of the text here. The first is about relations with local people and the other aspect is the places that are visited. The relations with local people are showed in two quotations here. The people of the country came aboard of us making show of love and gave us tobacco and Indian wheat and departed for that night, but we dares not trust them. And there's another quotation here. They brought great store of very good oysters aboard which we bought for trifles. In a note alongside the text we're using here, it does acknowledge the prejudice of the crew and notes that they've brought certain attitudes with them from Europe. The attitudes are shown in the quotations, the former openly saying that they do not trust them, and the latter, which is revealing in a different way when the text says that they bought oysters for trifles, and I say it's revealing because the use of the word trifles in itself creates a certain narrative, saying that the Europeans gave them almost nothing. But the local people could just as easily say they were giving trifles, yet they haven't written this text, so aren't given the opportunity to be quite so dismissive. And there's a further irony here, because in the next voyage they won't be able to find any food and give any trifles for anything. So as we said, there's a second aspect to the document we're going to discuss, which is the places visited by Hudson in this episode. Now there's quite a few of these so I'll run through them quickly and in each case I'm basically giving you the information in the footnotes to the original text we're reading out here. So here's the first quote. They brought great store of very good oysters aboard which we bought for trifles. Now the footnote says that a historian called Moulton suggested that this took place where Manhattansville now stands. Here's the next quote which took place on the 16th. At night we weighed and went two leagues higher and had shoaled water so we anchored till day. The same historian Moulton suggests that this took place between Athens and the city that now bears the name of Hudson while another historian called Broadhead stated it was between Shadack and Castleton. The next quotations from the 18th. The people of the country came flocking aboard and brought us grapes and pompions which we bought for trifles. Just a sentence later it says We rode there all night. Now apparently this has been the subject of much debate because it's the highest point in the river reached by Hudson's ship. The footnote states the following. For us Europeans it is quite sufficient to know that the half moon reached either the very spot where Albany now stands or its immediate neighbourhood. And the point I think the footnote's making there is that although that may satisfy Europeans who don't know the area very well, including me, frankly, that information obviously would not be enough for anyone who knew the local area but details can't be more precise. This quotation's from the 22nd. This night at 10 of the clock, our boat returned in a shower of rain from sounding of the river and found it to be at an end for shipping to go in, for they had been up eight or nine leagues and found but seven foot water and on constant soundings. And the speculation here is that this is where the town of Waterford now stands. This quotations from the 24th. Then we went on land and gathered good store of chestnuts. And that historian Moulton suggests that this is near the spot where the town of Hudson now stands. So that's the last of the principal quotes. But there is one from the 15th as well, where we see that mention of views of the Catskills. Here it is. We wade with the wind at south and ran up into the river 20 leagues, passing by high mountains. And this is said to be part of the Catskill mountain range. So there you go. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Long History. Please, before you move on, don't forget to subscribe to find out how Hudson's latest journey ends and to find out about his final voyage. And also, if you could share this episode with any like-minded people, it would be great to help to promote Long History. So I hope you've enjoyed listening to these which have been some of the very earliest descriptions written by Europeans of the Hudson River and the New York area. Thank you for listening. This was Long History's Henry Hudson, Journey 3, Part 7, Up the Hudson River, From the Narrows to Views of the Catskills. Goodbye.